podcast powered by ESPN 840. JJ looks like he wanted to say that. No, you no, no, that's your thing. I'm just sitting here. We'll try that again, I guess. <laughs> no, we don't need to try it again. Oh, all, like, right. all of a sudden, like I looked over and you're like, mouth open like you're going to uh, talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, are you starving? Yeah, dude. I haven't eaten yet today oh. at all. Nothing. All right. So one of the first. You drug me right out of my office and said, come on, go to the podcast. They were doing the podcast. Yeah. But we had to go see Norm. It's the only time you could do it. I know. Thanks for taking me, though, because I did. Teal, I couldn't. I couldn't. I needed, I needed a break. <laughs> thanks thanks for bringing me along. <laughs> Two of you. Um, well, that means on the final episode that he's in it. Or do we all have, all three of us have to be in the final episode? Oh, no. We're all going to be in the final episode. I don't know how it's going to work. There's only two microphones in here. We'll, we'll get, don't worry. We'll, we'll have more microphones. Norm's shaking his head. He's also laughing. I'm not, sh- he's, no, nah, he's, he's, I'll, I'll stand behind no. somebody with a microphone. I'm at least going to hang out I'll on put the couch. It, I'll put it to an MVP vote by me to figure out which one of you guys is going to come and be on the show. On the final one? On the final episode. Our we, final episode's I, next week. I said, don't we have something special lined up for the final episode? Well, that's the bonus episode. Oh, the bonus episode. The final episode, oh, okay. I'm working. Uh, we have Charlie Kimball on, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get yes, back on yes, point right yes, now. Yes. And, then, and then we can talk about the next. But Charlie Kimball's on. Charlie's got a pretty incredible story mm-hmm. about growing up in motorsports, growing up in racing, and I think we're going to get him to share that today. The crazy part about Charlie is he races with diabetes, mm-hmm. and it's impressive. And I know on the NASCAR side, we have Ryan Reed. And Charlie has been lucky enough, similar to Lily jumping on board with Ryan Reed, had Norvo Nordisk. Uh, the difference between the two of them, I think, from you know a personal standpoint from the track is Norvo Nordisk is, what, 45 minutes from the track, that, an hour? Yeah. So they're not too far away in Jersey. Um, so he'll probably talk a little about that, and then we'll get into you know who he thinks we should prank during our race weekend. I'm all down for a couple pranks. I know. All right. Hopefully he's involved, though. I don't want him to be like, oh, here you go. I, I think you should do something like this. And then be like, all right. He's going to be involved. Don't you sure? Worry. Yeah, it's one way or another. We'll he's get him a stand-up involved. guy. We'll get him involved. But next week we have, um, hopefully, fingers crossed, Scott yeah. Dixon. Woo. Points leader. How about that? So we'll see if we can get Scott. I'm, I'm waiting to hear back. I know um, PR person Kelby probably doesn't listen to this podcast. But um, for all fans, his name is Kelby Krause. Reach out to Kelby and tell him don't, that Scott Dixon on, needs don't, to be our final. He needs to be our final guest. Don't put, don't put people on blast. I don't. Hey, we're all friends here. We're all our friends. I like Kelby though. Kelby and I are good friends. Um, nope. Is that ringing? Right. Hey JJ, sounds like our uh, caller's calling in. Well, get, answer the phone, Kev. Okay, hold on. He, um, hello, caller. Uh, caller. Oh, oh, hello, hello. Oh, hello, hello. Is this is this Mister is this Mister Charlie Kimball? This is Mr. Charlie Kimball, indeed. Oh, well, thanks for joining us today, Charlie. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, we appreciate it. So, a couple off weeks for you. What you what you been up to before you come to the beautiful Pocono Mountains next week? Well, we uh, had a thrilling and exciting first weekend off at home, cleaning out the basement and uh, cleaning out the guest bedroom to transform it into a nursery. Oh, mm. a nursery. Well then, yeah my my wife and I are expecting our first child uh, later this fall. So, starting I guess the the what they call the nesting process. Yeah, the nesting process. I just um I, I didn't I didn't do a nursery or anything like I don't have a nursery or anything. I go soon soon no not soon <laughs> just just because just because a girlfriend and I just closed on a house does not mean that we're having having kids anytime soon, even though everyone thinks like, oh, you closed on a house when you're putting a ring on it and when are you having a kid? And I'm like, can we just pay the first month of mortgage first? 
You know? No, no. Let's no, go speed no, up the you, process. No, you can't. Yes, you get those questions right away. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, no, I've gotten them for years, and we've been trying to look for a house for six months, and the entire time it's like, so, like, the first night you're going to be there, you can ask her. And I was like, the first night we were there, we had ham and cheese and a Michelob Ultra because we were so exhausted. <laughs> like, we didn't yeah. have a chance. But back to you and your baby. So, um, we were working on the nursery, cleaning out the basement, and then uh, the second weekend off, disappear for a quick vacation at the lake to enjoy some downtime and get ready for 500 miles at Pocono, a little rested and rejuvenated for the last last few races of the season. Now, when you called in, when we called you before, you were talking about lunch. What did you have for lunch? Because I, I ate lunch. I don't think JJ did. No. What did you have for lunch? Oh, just to, so, just so to make him starve JJ, a little you're more. you're really hungry. Yeah, yeah, I, c- I could eat. <laughs> okay, well, I had a delicious uh, pork banh mi yeah. with a coleslaw side, um, very tangy and spicy, very mm. filling, honestly. Um, I feel like I might have to spend a little extra time in the gym this afternoon to, to make sure I work it off, but it was delicious, and, and you should really think about eating you know, balanced <laughs> meals, JJ. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you, it's healthier. You're right. I mean, that sounds delicious. Uh, personally, I'm probably going to swing by the old Burger King lounge <laughs> on the way back and get some chicken fries, and I can guarantee you I will not be in the gym later working that off. Uh, more than likely on the golf course, uh, just having beers having and having cigars <laughs> and cigars. Uh, so you're you're way ahead of me on. Uh, well, he's a that. professional race car driver, yeah, JJ. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of professional, go ahead. Kind of come, it does come with being an athlete. Is the like need to be athletic, right? Yeah, yeah. I was athletic at one point in my life, um, and then I just stopped that. So, <laughs> well, his asper- I feel like I should, I should probably pick that back up. I mean, I know you want to be a race car driver too, JJ, but he just couldn't cut it. No. And by the way, he, by saying that, Charlie, he never drove professionally or amateur ranks. I mean, Not just uh, ever once. I just. just just video games. Video games, yeah. <laughs> really good at the video games. Uh, it's, yeah, well, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a perfect time to segue into anyway. Um, speaking into the realm of race car driver. Um, on our podcast, we really like to get to know the driver and um, you know get the driver to explain. Where you got your start? I know you come from a racing family. There's a there's a really big motorsports background in your history. So tell us a little bit about how you got your start and your love of motorsport to eventually become, you know, a professional Verizon IndyCar Series driver. Well, I grew up watching racing. My my dad is a mechanical engineer and designed race cars. He helped design cars that won the Indy 500 in in '80 and '82. Um, I was. I was born in England because he was working in Formula One at the time in the design office, uh, the engineering office at McLaren Formula One. I lived in Italy for a year, year and a half when he was at Ferrari as well. So there were always races and racing around. There were designs on his drafting board. There was parts of race cars and wings and flaps and all these different things always around the house. And, and one of the stories my mom loves to tell, which as a good mother, she likes to embarrass me, uh, is that when I was really young, we'd watch the races on Sunday. We'd watch the Grand Prix. And when I saw my dad on TV, I'd run up and kiss the TV. Um, fortunately, I've recently outgrown that. So that, uh, that doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen, um, but, but it's a tradition that could be passed down. Yeah. 
to the new baby. I, I, let's hope so. Uh, <laughs> or or let's hope they get plenty of uh, their mother in them and they end up way cooler than I am. <laughs> I think you're pretty cool. I think you're... I, I, I like I, I like that I've got you fooled so well. Well, I mean, now you got to try to fool the audience, so keep telling your story because <laughs> it is very uh, interesting. Well, so then uh, one Christmas, my parents gave me an old go-kart that my dad had driven when he was young. Um, now, my, my dad's family is in farming. Uh, avocados, citrus, row crops in Southern California. In fact, my sister and I are sixth-generation farmers in the county uh, out in California. And he used to drive this go-kart around the ranch as a kid. Well, when he went off to college at Stanford for his engineering degree, his younger brothers got a hold of it, ran it. Then it went into storage and sort of fell into disrepair. So for Christmas, my parents gave me this go-kart really as a project for my dad and I to work on together. Uh, He wasn't working in racing full-time or wasn't traveling as much at that point. And so he and I rebuilt this go-kart. And we went down to this go-kart shop in Van Nuys, California, uh, called Pitts Performance. And I walked in. We walked in to pick up a seat for the the fun cart, and I saw my first ever racing go-kart. A used go-kart from a go-karter by the name of Nick Tyree. And I I thought, okay, this fun cart's going to be great, but I really want a racing go-kart. I want to drive that. And my dad said, yeah, 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 sure thing. And it was probably in March time. And it took me six or eight months to convince them it was a good idea. <laughs> and six, now, did, and, and I, by convincing, like, what was, like, the biggest, what was the thing that finally got you to get the cart? What was the, what was the final push? Or was it just berating them daily and hourly to get the cart? I, I think it was just the fact that I was still interested in it okay. six months later. At nine, ten years old, at nine years old, something catches your interest. It's like, yeah, 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 okay, you'll forget about it next week. Right. But mm-hmm. this is something that I was so committed to pushing for that I pushed for six months. And it was, in actuality, logistically kind of easy. Uh, my dad had his pickup that he'd work on the ranch with. And there was Jim Hall Jr.'s go-kart track in Oxnard. And so we would put the go-kart on the back of the pickup, put the tools and the sand and the tires and fuel underneath it, and go out to the go-kart track and practice Saturday afternoon and race on Sunday. Um, And from inauspicious beginnings, that's how it all started. I, I fell in love with racing, and pretty soon... Not just locally I'm racing. I'm racing all across the country, even into Canada. We have a trailer with a full awning and tent on it. Um, I'm I'm doing a lot of homework and studying for tests in hotel rooms and in drives to and from go-kart tracks. And then I turn 16 and get my driver's license. <laughs> and for my six, 16th birthday, m- my parents, and, and I, I use that loosely, and my parents gave me a two-day test in a Formula Ford at Buttonwillow Raceway Park in just outside Bakersfield in California. Um, and I say my parents loosely because I think I mean my dad. 
because my mom came out to the racetrack that day. And I just recently heard this story. But my mom came out to the racetrack and pulled my dad aside and pointed to the Formula Ford and said, honey, what is that? And dad said, oh, that's, that's a Formula Ford. That's what Charlie will be driving today. And she said, no, no, no. You told me a Formula Ford was just a big go-kart. That's a real race car. Uh, but I remember that test like it was yesterday. The first 10 laps I came in, and I came over the radio to the team, and I said, that is the most fun I've ever had in my life. And my dad said he could see my smile before I'd taken my helmet off. Hmm. Uh, he, he calls that day the beginning of the end, and, and I invariably correct him and just call it the beginning of the rest of my life because I knew that day yeah. that I wanted to be in, in racing, either one way or another, as a driver, as an engineer, as something. Wow. I mean, that's... I, I always, yeah. I'm always fascinated by these type of stories because, you know, in motorsports, everyone has a story. And I think that's, we're finally getting back to that. We've kind of went off track for a couple episodes here <laughs> on yeah, our podcast, on, but finding that true spirit of motorsport and the love of motorsport and why we do what we do at Pocono Raceway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, because of passionate stories like that, Charlie. So thank you for sharing that. And, and then I'm going to follow up here and ask you. When was the big break for you to move over to the IndyCar series? I remember it was right around Labor Day, um, so early September, and it would have been in 2010. And I I started this great partnership, the great Race with Insulin program with Novo Nordisk. And one of the reasons I love coming to race at Pocono is there's so much support from the home office of Novo Nordisk in the U.S. They're based just down the road or not too far down the road in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, And so I had this beginning of a relationship. It had grown from small beginnings in early 2009 in Indy Lights to a bigger program in 2010. And then I had showed them what it would look like to be a part of the IndyCar series and be on the grid at the Indianapolis 500 with the first licensed driver with diabetes to race in the Indy 500. And they had worked on it internally and, and worked with a couple of team options and done a lot of their due diligence over the summer at racetracks and, and in the boardroom. But I got a call Uh, from one of the executive vice presidents and and she said we're in and and i said we're in where we're in what (laughs) what i i don't quite understand and she said no we're all in you're going to be an indycar driver we want you to shout your story as loud as possible on the biggest stage in racing in the world and we want to be a part of that we want to make your dream come true we're all in and we can't wait to be a part of it with you. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I like I've I have goosebumps remembering that moment right now because it was so I I was in shock and disbelief and and I hung up the phone and my now wife and girlfriend said, "Well, what? Uh, who, who was that?" Like, well, it's Novo, and they're they're in. And she goes, in what? In where? In, in, in how? And I said, well, they're, they're all in. We're going to IndyCar next year. Um, and 
and that's when it really that's when it really started to sink in is when I got the chance to share it with her. Um, she was cooking dinner, and so we didn't go out for anything fancy that night. But a couple couple nights later, um, I think we, we came downtown to Indianapolis. We weren't living downtown at the time uh, and came down to celebrate with a really nice meal at, at St. Elmo's Steakhouse. I love St. Elmo Steakhouse. I'm not. I'm not trying to distract from that, but now you got me thinking about shrimp cocktails. You know, all this food talk, we could really just kind of <laughs> go away from. Like, <laughs> oh, it was an incredible meal, JJ. I, I mean, really. Oof. Yeah. Now you're gonna start talking about steakhouse. Well, you have the, 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 the marinated mm-hmm. aged bone in. Did you have a bone in? Bone in ribeye. Oh, for sure. You got to go bone in. It's just the flavor profiles. I mean. Yeah. How much is your mouth watering, JJ? Because it's it's got to be bad. Yeah, it's not good. There's <laughs> a waterfall coming out of JJ's <laughs> mouth right now. <laughs> um, but it's such an impressive story on on your journey, and now now looking back, what seven years since you've been racing full time in the IndyCar Series? Right, 2011 was your first season, right? Correct. This is my seventh season, and and it, it's we're in our tenth season partnered with Nova Nordisk and and so being able to to share that story and, and I look back 11 years ago now to when I was diagnosed and and in Europe and it's just racing over there and then coming back over here and and sharing my story of racing with diabetes and and being a part of this incredible community on and off the racetrack is it's been so much fun, um, and I can't wait for for the rest of the story to continue. And you know, the, the next race, obviously, being at Pocono, being a part of the podium sweep for, for Ganassi there um, in 2013 was a highlight. Um, elements like that, there are those, those great stories about races and events throughout the last 10 years. So with those stories, we're going to shift gears from – you know, this wonderful nostalgia thing to let's, let's get some dirt on some IndyCar drivers. Cause that's okay. what we do. Who is the biggest prankster in the paddock? So everyone says that Kanan is the biggest prankster and, and it's true. He has the history of the pranks for sure. Some of the old school stories about when he was at, Andretti at Andretti green racing. And when he would do things with, with Dan Weldon and Brian Herta and Marco, I mean, those are probably some of the most epic prank stories, but I think, I think quietly and sneakily, uh, James Hinchcliffe, and Robert Wickens are kind of a dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that there's been any, any truly attributed great pranks to them yet, which I think makes them even better at it because they've not gotten credit or blamed for it. Okay. This is perfect. This is the perfect segue and time to announce this. I'm not sure in what capacity, but our final show, it's actually going to be a bonus show is going to be our podcast combined with Hinch's and Rossi's podcast. On Saturday night, of, on Saturday night of race weekend, we're going to open it up um, to the public. Mm-hmm. If you have a Saturday grandstand ticket or you're a camper and have a paddock pass, you can come. It's going to be held in Club Pocono, which is between um, Pit Road and the paddock. 
what prank do you want us to pull off during this podcast? Or or do you just want to do it? We should just do it. Yeah. Well, I oh that I'm as when it comes to pulling off pranks, my wife will tell you I'm terrible at surprises. So I would let the cat out of the bag and spill the beans mm. for sure. Mm. Okay, but um, well, we're gonna see Tony yeah. and Matt. We're gonna see Tony and Matt tomorrow for for our ABC Supply okay. 500 media advance in Jersey. Um, which probably by the time this comes out, we were with Matt and Tony yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're gonna be with them tomorrow. So, do you think do you think Tony might might help us out here? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, honestly, there's got to be some maple syrup involved. Okay, I like this. I think I think that would be just that would be my lead, and I'm gonna regret this. I know because. Because James, like I said, is going to be way better at this than uh, anyone. And I don't mean to start anything, but if you're asking the question, it's got to have some maple syrup involved. Uh, your eyes are lighting up. Oh my gosh. What, what so, do you got? I got so many things running through my mind right now. I'm thinking like we give him like a special edition beer and it's nothing, just maple syrup. You'd probably like that. that no. Yep. Just yeah. maple syrup. Like not, yeah, not, not, not watered down. Beer, just, no, just a, like... Be like, oh, you should try this like local craft beer. I know you've got a beer in Indianapolis. You really tell us what you think. Just take a good sip of it. Yeah. And it'll just be maple syrup. I'm probably going to have to water it down a little bit so it actually has a little bit of fluidity to it. Mm-hmm. We could we could do that. Oh, man. All right. So that's that's prank number one. we got to keep going, though. We'll come up with some more stuff, Charlie. And, and, and when I see you Saturday, I will tell you some of it. But if you're going to let the cat out of the bag, I'm probably not going to tell you all of it. But you're still yeah, that, invi- you're invited to come over. To, you're invited to come over to the podcast though and see it all mm-hmm. take place. But I think I, I will. I would love to be a part of that. Okay. All right. Well, we got you're in. That's it. Um, and, and and it was your idea in case we get caught. Thanks. No. No. <laughs> hey. I well, I'm just an idea guy. I'm not an activation guy. I'm just an ideas guy here. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the idea and activation has been presented by Charlie Kimball of Carlin Racing. So, Charlie, thank you so much for, for this wonderful idea. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, real quick before we get let you go, uh, we really appreciate your time during your off week before you come up here. And I know you still got probably tons of other uh, duties to finish off with the, uh, the making of the, ba- of, the, of the room for the baby. Um, what is uh, it like with the move over to Carlin. I know those guys, of course, love a motorsports. Nothing speaks louder from, you know, an international standpoint right now in any car than, than Carlin. So what's it like working for Carlin? It's fantastic. The team environment is is so supportive and incredible. We're the approach is is fairly unique in IndyCar, which has been amazing to be a part of. I think Max and I have I really enjoyed seeing the growth of the team. Um, I know I have seeing how far we've come from that, that first race weekend at St. Pete that seems like two and a half years ago, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because it, if times measured in events, so much progress has happened since then. It, it seems like forever ago. Um, and the familiarity and the understanding and the ability to be competitive is only getting better and better. Um, so I'm excited about where Carlin is already, and I'm excited about where we're headed for the future uh, here at IndyCar. Well, speaking of where you're headed, we can't wait to see you here next weekend. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. You're one of our favorites in the paddock. 
Um, I, I even mentioned that to our president, Ben May, today, and he's just like, you know, I really like Charlie. I wish I was co-hosting today. And I said, no, JJ's going to do it, but I guess we should have let JJ eat. Yeah, hey, Charlie, so here's the deal. Race weekend, <laughs> um, obviously, I mean, you, you you see race weekends all over the place. They get busy. Um, probably like mid to late day Saturday. I'm probably going to get hungry. It's got qualifying. I'm just going to stop. Just tell the guys I'm going to stop by the holler and like, get like, like a granola bar or something. You're going to get a granola bar? Yeah. Or something, all like right, a sandwich. Uh, I think it's well, a, it, fortunately there there are stickers on the door that said authorized personnel only JJ so I'll, I'll just hang around I, until I, somebody I, comes I, out <laughs> and, and ask for a granola bar that's yeah. not awkward at all no. All right I'll tell him you, you haven't me. met JJ yet you'll meet him when he walks up to you randomly and asks you for a granola bar uh coming up right. for the ABC Supply 500 race weekend Charlie thanks again for your time congratulations on the nursery and the baby news uh, we look forward to seeing you man and I think we actually have a nice little gift for the soon to be uh, Kimball child for you so we'll make sure we get that to you on race weekend as well awesome I appreciate it thank you much and uh, I look forward to getting back to Pocono and you know you talked about the last two episodes of the podcast going off track a little bit and I I understand that's that's why I race in a closed circuit it's real hard to get lost when you're just coming back to the same spot well i think you brought it as we say here full triangle so thank you very much for bringing it back and we'll see you next weekend looking forward to it thanks guys thanks see you, Joe. all righty well that was pretty good yeah i mean he got deep 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 it was a good story though it's, it's great it's a great story like i said earlier like I say, he's one of my favorites, and he always. Every time we've gone to media day, like he walks in, it just electricity, man, it just rises. And it was cool. Like you hear a lot of the stories where kids are born into a racing family like that, and it's just natural. That's what they're gonna do. The fact that he was he persevered and kind of pressured his parents into yeah. getting into a car and and racing and and continuing his career is is pretty incredible. That as a as a young child, that that was his dream, and he wanted to make that happen, not just it just happening because that's who we who he was or what his family was. And the crazy part that we missed in there was probably a what eighteen year gap before mm-hmm. he was officially running yeah. Indy Lights. So I mean, if you don't haven't checked him out, look him up, ask him questions. Charlie Kimball is fantastic on social media. Mm-hmm. Reach out to him. Um, and if you have diabetes, uh, he's a great role model. If you're in athletics and sports, no doubt. Um, you know, we're not not trying to give sponsor plugs here. Like we said before, Lily Diabetes, whatever, whatever company you, you know you, you look at that that offers that. Um, but you know, he's able to perform at a professional level. Five hundred miles at Pocono is you know no, no small feat in the middle of August. I mean, it's it should be pretty hot next weekend for mm-hmm. the ABC Supply Five Hundred. It'll be beautiful. It should be, and we should have some tickets. Um, we are not doing a giveaway this week. No, we're not doing a giveaway because the giveaway next week. Is going to be huge, huge, massive. Okay, large, large. Like, giveaway. I want to do like full VIP experience Whoa. for two fans, and they can come to the bonus episode with mm-hmm. Hinch and Rossi. And I don't even know how much we're going to be involved in that, but I th- we're probably going to make a quick guest appearance. Okay, um, which is going to be cool. So it may not be a Pokemon Raceway podcast. It'll probably be off the track with Hinch and Rossi. But it's all right. Fine by me. And we're pulling off a prank. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Charlie. Hey, you the man, Charlie. How are you going to get maple syrup into a can? I don't know yet. They have to make it, though. I'm willing to put my own personal money down to invest in this. Okay. We know some friends with breweries and such. We might be able to mm-hmm. get, get an It'd be so can. funny to just, yeah. That'd be awesome. Hmm. Um, Interesting. You brought up Burger King before. Yep, I did. You want to get some Burger King? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes. 
Why why did you bring up Burger King? Why did I bring up Burger King? Because yeah. for, for fans who don't know, a few weeks back, during race weekend, it was what, Friday of our, of our When the news story came out, yeah. Race weekend. Yeah, um, there was a news story about um, Pokemon Race we were running a... Us being open. Uh, let me a, a let trovel. the PR, let the PR guy a trovel. It is the, yeah. it is a trovel. That's a new nip. The PR guy before you say it the wrong way and say, "Oh, we're having a road course next no, year." No, okay. Come on. I got to deal with those people like coming at you too on social media for that. I don't want to. I'm going to do this as PR correct as I can. Well, the correct PR way to say it is we are open to it if that's the way the rest of the industry mm. goes in relation to stock car racing. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, the story came out. So anyway, the story came out. Nick uh, Nick our our CEO gave his thoughts and his piece on it. Um, and then continue to say that we're the, I think it was, we're the Burger King of racetracks. You have it your way here. Yes. So I'm going to just continue pushing the Burger King plug. I mean. And and me and Teal eat it like every day for lunch. Well, because so it's so that. close with the Travel it's, Plaza and the Sunoco yeah, there. and It's it's perfect. It, all right. I got, fans, I got to go and get JJ fed. Chicken fries. Chicken. Let's go. <laughs> so we're going to get some chicken fries. Um, we're one week away. Yeah, one yeah. week. That's I need my chicken fries. I need to fuel up. I need to get ready. We're ready to go, <laughs> fans. We can't wait to see you next week. And like we said, no giveaway this week. But thanks for tuning in to the Pokemon Race with Podcast, powered by ESPN eight forty. For your host Kevin, the co-host JJ, and of course Norm over here in the soundboard, Charlie Kimball for calling in. Thank you so much to Lindsay, the PR person over at Carlin, for hooking this all up, mm-hmm. getting Charlie to give us a call. Thank you, fans. We'll see you next week.